0: Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt, to side hustles, to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Hey there, smart people, (laughs) and welcome to another College Investor Audio Show. Today, just real quick, we're just going to talk about what is Schedule D, So Form Schedule D is used to report income or losses from capital assets. Assets owned by you are considered capital assets. Now this includes your home, car, boat, furniture, you know, stocks, those types of things. That's just to name a few. There's a pretty lengthy list of items that are NOT capital assets. And you can see those on page D2 of the Schedule D instructions. So Schedule D is where you list the total number of asset proceeds with their cost basis. The cost basis is derived from specific asset entries on Form 8949, which was new for the year 2011. Schedule D was updated to accommodate Form 8949. Cost basis can be calculated based on FIFO, which is first in, first out, average, or something specific you tell your broker. And you can do this just by sending a letter to your broker, letting them know how you'd like the cost basis calculated. For example, you want to minimize your gain. So you can do that by selling shares with the highest cost basis. FIFO is the IRS default method. It also yields the highest taxes. The average cost method is in between the FIFO and specific cost basis methods. The average cost method is the simplest method for determining the cost basis. You might pay a little more in taxes when using this method, but it will also save you time in having to do any tedious calculations. <laughs> Note that you do not need to calculate a cost basis for assets in a retirement account. It's very important. Capital gains are not just about stocks. If you sell your home for more than you paid for it, you'll have capital gains. When you sell your home, you'll report it on Form 2119, Sale of Your Home. If the home is your primary residence, you can take advantage of a 121 exclusion and avoid capital gains. Like I did. As you might expect, there are some rules that must be met to take advantage of a 121 exclusion. In the five years prior to the sale of the home, you must have lived in it for an aggregate of at least two years. A 121 exclusion allows you to exclude up to 250,000 in gains as an individual and 500,000 for joint filers. As an example, so let's say you bought a house for $200,000 and 5 years later sold it for 300,000, resulting in a $100,000 gain. Nice job. You lived in the house for 2 years during those 5 years. The $100,000 gain can be excluded from your income. If you rented the home during those 5 years, things get a little more complicated and the exclusion may not apply. Additionally, you must meet the Use and Ownership test. You'll want to speak with your accountant for clarification. So let's look a little more closely at the format of Form Schedule D. So IRS Form Schedule D 1040 is broken up into three main parts with each being labeled. The first part is for short-term gains and losses, which are those held for one year or less. The second part is for long-term gains or losses, which are held for, you guessed it, more than one year. The final section is the summary. So short-term gains are taxed at your ordinary income tax rate. Long-term gains taxed at 0%, 15%, and 20% depending on your income. A higher income will, of course, result in more taxes. The 0% rate applies to those making 0 to $39,375 for single filers, and $0 to $78,750 for those who are married filing jointly. Let's talk about Form 8949. Now, that contains individual entries for each capital gain or loss. If you received any 1099s, 1099B, or 1099DIV, your capital gains or losses should already be reported to the IRS. In that case, you don't need to fill out Form 8949. Form 1099-B comes from your broker. Form 1099-DIV is for dividends from savings accounts, mutual funds, or other sources. Now you can declare up to $3,000 in losses, $1,500 for mailed filing separately, on Form Schedule D, Line 21. If you have more than $3,000 in losses, the remainder can be carried forward for future years. So for example, let's say your stock trading for the year resulted in $5,000 of losses. $3,000 can be reported on form Schedule D and $2,000 carried forward. The $2,000 loss will be applied to the next year to offset income. After Schedule D has been completed, its results are transferred to Form 1040. The results from Form Schedule D will impact adjusted gross income on Form 1040. So just like many of the other related 1040 forms, it's important to get your cost basis and any losses right so that your income is reduced and you don't end up paying taxes on phantom income. Nobody likes doing that. (laughs) Well, thanks again for listening. That's it. That's all we got for you today. And if you have any other questions on Schedule D or, oh my goodness, any other topic you can think of when it comes to financial awesomeness, (laughs) you can find it at collegeinvestor.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.